I was joking a lot about money, but money is a, is a very serious topic and, and something um, that, you know, the Bible clearly addresses. It's not a, a topic that, that people are just making up and saying, oh, that'd be a good thing. We should talk about it. Uh, the Bible clearly addresses money, addresses the heart around it, uh, and it's something that Jesus didn't shy away from in his ministry. Uh, and obviously, money, money is everywhere. Money is everything. You guys live in America, and I don't have to tell you that, that money has a little bit to do with our society, uh, and it's kind of a big deal these days. And so um, I feel like we would be crazy to not talk about money. I realize that there are churches out there who uh, we've all seen those people on TV where it's like, hey, we're taking a second offering today. And then they're like, no, we didn't get enough money. We're taking a third offering. You know, everyone's seen those people on TV. And so everyone has this attitude like, oh, I know what's going on when churches talk about money or about finances or about the heart. Or, you know, they're thinking like, I'm going to see that redheaded guy driving a Corvette next week. That's, that's what's going on here. So uh, I, I want you to know that, that I, I realize that there are churches and pastors who uh, maybe have, have had a wrong attitude and have, have done some things wrong involving money and churches and finances, but, but that is not our heart. Uh, we just want to address this because uh, we believe it's so important. We believe it's something that, that the Bible addresses. And so uh, we named this series Skittles. You're probably thinking, I don't know why we did that. That makes no sense. That'll make more and more sense each week. I just wanted to kind of throw that out there and, and let it be a mystery. But hopefully as, as this week goes on and, and week two and week three, you'll be like, oh, okay, I, I get it now. And maybe, uh, maybe we'll even give you some Skittles some week if you're good and pay attention. So uh, think about that. But uh, I wanted, wanted to just jump right into our, our text this week. So if you guys have a, a Bible there, it might be one under your, your seat, one right next to you there. I'm actually going to steal this one from the front row because last week I pasted my uh, scripture off the internet and I read it and my wife said, you know, I keep forgetting to tell you, every time you read that, it's not the same as the one in the Bible and everybody looks at you weird in the audience. And so it's, uh, it's important to listen to your wife. I've learned that in my short time being married. And so uh, I'm going to read directly out of this Bible that, that you guys have in front of you. We're going to be in, in Genesis 1 and 2, actually, the, the first pages of, of your Bible there. Uh, and, and so wanted to just, just read something that we often gloss over, maybe something that we take for granted. But I think if, if we're going to talk about money, we're going to talk about what belongs to God, what he's given us, what he's made, we have to start at the beginning. And so I want to just read uh, from Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. And uh, just look at this together. So if you want to turn there, Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. It says this, and you'll recognize it from, from growing up. Maybe someone told you this story once or twice. But it says, In the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was empty, a formless mass clothed in darkness. And the Spirit of God was hovering over its surface. Then God said, Let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that it was good. Then he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day and the darkness night. Together, these made up one day. And God said, Let there be space between the waters to separate water from water. And so it was. God made this space to separate the waters above from the waters below. And God called the space sky. This happened on the second day. And God said, Let the waters beneath the sky be gathered into one place so dry ground may appear. And so it was. God named the dry ground land and the water seas. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let the land burst forth with every sort of grass and seed-bearing plant, and let there be trees that grow seed-bearing fruit. The seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees from which they came. And so it was. The land was filled with seed-bearing plants and trees, and their seeds produced plants and trees of like kind, and God saw that it was good. This all happened on the third day. Verse 14 says this, And God said, Let bright lights appear in the sky to separate the day from the night, they will be signs to mark off the seasons, the days, and the years. Let their light shine down upon the earth. And so it was, for God made two great lights, the sun and the moon, to shine down upon the earth. The greater one, the sun, presides during the day. The lesser one, the moon, presides during the night. 
He also made the stars. God set these lights into the heavens to light the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. This all happened on the fourth day. Verse 20, And God said, Let the waters swarm with fish and other life. Let the skies be filled with birds of every kind. So God created great sea creatures and every sort of fish and every kind of bird. And God saw that it was good. Then God blessed them, saying, Let the fish multiply and fill the oceans. Let the birds increase and fill the air. This all happened on the fifth day. And God said, Let the earth bring forth every kind of animal, livestock, small animals, and wildlife. And so it was. God made all sorts of wild animals, livestock, and small animals, each able to reproduce more of its own kind. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make people in our image to be like ourselves. They will be like masters over all life, the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the livestock, wild animals and small animals. So God created people in his own image. God patterned them after himself. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and told them, multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. Be masters over the fish and the birds and all the animals. And God said, look, I have given you the seed-bearing plants throughout the earth and all the fruit trees for your food. And I have given all the grasses and other green plants to the animals and birds for their food. And so it was. Then God looked over all he had made, and he saw that it was excellent in every way. This all happened on the sixth day. So the creation of the heavens and the earth and everything in it was completed. On the seventh day, having finished his task, God rested from all his work. And God blessed the seventh day and declared it holy, because it was the day when he rested from his work of creation. This is the account of the creation of the heavens and the earth. When the Lord God made the heavens and the earth, there were no plants or grain growing on the earth, for the Lord God had not sent any rain, and no one was there to cultivate the soil. But water came up out of the ground and watered all of the land, and the Lord God formed a man's body from the dust of the ground and breathed into it the breath of life. And the man became a living person. Then the Lord God planted a garden in Eden in the east, and there he placed the man he had created. And the Lord God planted all sorts of trees in the garden, beautiful trees that produced delicious fruit at the center of the garden, He placed the tree of life and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. A river flowed from the land of Eden, watering the garden and dividing into four branches. One of these branches is the Pishon, which flows around the entire land of Havilah, where gold is found. The gold of the land is exceptionally pure. Aromic resin and onyx stone were found there. The second branch is the Gehan, which flows around the entire land of Cush. The third branch is the Tigris, which flows to the east of Asher. The fourth branch is the Euphrates. The Lord God placed the man in the garden of Eden to tend and care for it. I realized that that was a lot. Maybe you were thinking, how long is he going to go? I thought he was going to read two or three verses. Uh, but like I said, I, I just feel like that is, is so important for us. Because as, as we talk today, we have, we have a big idea that, that simply this, everything, including our money, everything, including our money, belongs to God. And for us to even begin to say that or, or fathom that, I feel like we have to go back, clear back, way back, to the beginning. And I don't want to assume, oh, people went to Sunday school with their grandma when they were little. I'm sure they've heard creation, or I'm sure they know there's seven days, or they know, they know what God did, or they've thought about it. I think sometimes we, we forget that or we take it for granted. And so rather than, than assuming that, I wanted to read that. I wanted you to hear that verbatim, word for word from God's word that he gave to us. God made everything. Okay, God made Everything. There's nothing that we see, nothing that we touch, nothing that we know, nothing that we are familiar with that was not made by him and has not come from him. God didn't just make some stuff, or he wasn't just involved in the process. He made everything. 
He even made the things that would one day become plastic and the things that would one day become metal. So whether we want to admit it or even think about it or not, God is responsible for your iPhone, all right? And God has given us your, your Honda Civic and everything that we know in this earth is made from things that God created. And so God made everything. We, we breathe his air. We walk on his land. We drink his water. Everything that you see and know and have is from God. And so maybe, maybe you were able to hear those verses and think, wow, that's a lot of stuff God made. Maybe you weren't. Maybe now you're hearing me say it and you're thinking, I didn't even realize that as he was reading that. I started to nod off. But either way, I wanted you to know. That's why I wanted to elevate that and, and read, read that scripture today so that we could think about it. God made everything. God didn't just make everything, but he gave us everything. And everything we see and know and have belongs to him because it's from him. Now there's, a, there's an obvious connection. Maybe you've heard God called God your father. And I think sometimes uh, you know, we, we, we see that or we think about that. But there's, there's an obvious connection this week when we talk about the fact that everything we have comes from God the Father. Everything we have belongs to God the Father. Do you ever stop and think about all the stuff that your parents did for you growing up? I mean, do you ever really stop and think about it? Maybe, maybe now that you're paying your own bills, some of you are getting older and you're starting to have to pay insurance and different stuff and you're like, holy cow, I did not know my dad did this. I heard a stat the other day that it takes like a half million dollars to raise a kid these days if they're going to go to college and just dead and all, all the stuff. Some of the parents just started tearing up. They're like, oh my gosh, I have a few kids. But that's, that's just a stat I've heard. Maybe it's a little lower, but either way, you're, you're in for a ride. You're going to pay a lot of money, all right? Uh, but do you ever think about all the stuff that you, you get from your parents? I mean, I was thinking this week, I remember one time in, in third grade, I, uh, did you guys ever have like uh, a little store that would come to your school? Like some weeks it was like the book fair, they'd set it up. And my school was like so small and tiny. The only extra room in the whole school was on the stage of the gym. So like they would walk us in while gym was going on and there'd be a little store on the stage. And, and I think this was called like the, the Christmas elf store or something. I don't know what they called it, but I remember this, this one year in third grade, I was so proud because it had occurred to me like, hey, you should buy mom and dad Christmas presents. And, uh, and so I was like, all right, I'm going to do that. And, and so I didn't even think anything of this. I, I literally went to my dad and I was like, hey, can I have some money to buy you a Christmas present? You know, because I'm in, I'm in third grade. It's, it's all I know and it's all I can think about. And, and so I remember I bought my mom these like apple candles. I'm sure they smelled terrible. And I don't think she ever burned them or anything, but I was so proud. You know, they were like, the size of a, a book of matches. I gave him to her on Christmas, and I'm like, all right, bought my mom a present. My little brother didn't, so I thought I was better than him. I, you know, I didn't even, didn't even realize the fact that, that like, I was spending his money to buy him something. It was basically, I'm, I'm like, hey, Dad, here's some of your money back right at you, all right? You like that? You know, that's what I was doing, I, and it didn't even cross my mind. I was also thinking back, just thinking about things my parents have done for me, um, some of the, the chores they used to ask me to do. You know, now that, now that I have to mow the yard every time, I was thinking that my dad would ask me to mow the yard like once a month. And you would have thought that, that he like asked me to, to cut my leg off or something. I'd be like, dad, I don't want to mow the yard, you know, and like whine and complain about it. And, and, and just miserable, you know, not even stopping to think that like, hey, he's financing your life. He got you a car. He's paying for you to play soccer, baseball, whatever, buying you stuff. He bought his own Christmas present in third grade. You still owe him for that one. You know, I never stopped to think of any of that stuff. I'm just thinking like, oh, my dad, my dad owes me this stuff. That's cool. And then even thinking, uh, you know, once I started driving, 
I mean, I worked a little bit in high school, and we, we all think we're cool because we have a little money, but let's be honest, you can never begin to cover your insurance, the, the, the price of a car and, and gas, and even if you are, the only reason you can cover those things is because your parents are paying for your health care and food, and so ultimately, you're completely indebted to them, even, even as a high schooler who, who's driving around, and so I remember, you know, just, just driving around and, and not even caring. My dad would be like, hey, I need your help. I'm like, oh, I'm going out with my friends, you know, I just want to go out in this car that you got me and, and go out and, and have time, and I never stopped to think about about basically, like I said, this, this life or this, this lifestyle that he had given me. I never stopped to think, hey, he needs your help to mow the yard one hour today. I'm like, oh, I don't have time. I'm a busy guy. I didn't stop to think, hey, your dad financed the other 23 hours of your day. Not, not you know, I looked at it as he's taking this one hour from me. I need to go hang out with my friends. I, I should have been thinking, hey, he lets you sleep in a bed that he paid for, in a house that he heated that he gave you. Then when you got up, he gave you food. Then the clothes that he paid for were put on your back, and then you went out in the car that he had provided. I didn't see it that way. I was just thinking like, my dad is so uncool. He asked me to mow the yard. I can't believe this, you know? And, and, and so I was thinking of just the obvious parallel. You know, we call God, God the Father, and sometimes we don't realize the things that we have are his. The things that we have belong to him. The things that we have have come from him. God made everything. God has given us everything. God is everything. I just never stopped to, to think that. I want to read a, a passage that I feel like just really sums this up because sometimes as we live life and as we have a, an iPhone, I joked about, we think we're awesome or we have this car or this career or these friendships or, or this time or this money or whatever we have that God has given us, it, we go, it goes to our heads. And we learn to think that it's ours, and we forget where it came from, we forget who it belongs to. There's a, a verse in, in Colossians that I feel like just really sums this up. This is Colossians chapter 2, verse 15, and I can just read it to you here. You don't have to turn there, but it says this. It says, Christ is the invisible image, is the visible image of the invisible God. He existed before anything was created, and is supreme over all creation. For through him, God created everything in the heavenly realms and on earth. He made the things we can see and the things we can't see, such as thrones, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities in the unseen world. Everything was created through him and for him, talking about Jesus. He existed before anything else, and he holds all of creation together. Christ is also the head of the church, which is his body. He is the beginning, supreme over all who rise from the dead. So he is first in everything. For God in all his fullness was pleased to live in Christ. And through him, God reconciled everything to himself. He made peace with everything in heaven and on earth by means of Christ's blood on the cross. Sometimes we forget who we are. Or we forget, you know, really what we deserve. And so we learn to just think, oh, I'm awesome. I deserve everything I have. I deserve everything I've got. I'm entitled to more. The, the world belongs to me. The world is my oyster. I, I, can, I can do what I want. I can take what I want. I can become what I want. Here I go. And we forget that we have things because God has given them to us. We forget that really the only thing that, that we're owed is, is one thing. The Bible says that, that everyone has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. The Bible also says that the wages of sin or the price of sin is death. So if we were going to get what we deserve today, it would not be an iPhone, it would not be a new car, it would not be a house. We would get death because of the, the sin and the junk in our lives that separates us from God. But God loved us so much that he sent Jesus to close the gap between us and a perfect God. 
He sent Jesus to, to live a perfect life so that when he died on the cross, he could take our sins onto himself. And he could die and he could take on that punishment. And through his death and through his resurrection, through him rising from the dead three days later, he closed the gap between us and God and gave us relationship with God so that we don't get what we deserve because our, our sins are no longer on us when we have new life in Christ. We don't, we don't have to stare death in the face and say, oh, that's, that's coming, that's, that's, that's what I deserve. Because through those things, we've been given everything in the name of Jesus. We've been given everything that God created, everything that God has given us in this world. We've been given all of those things in the name of Christ because he has reconciled us to God. And so everything that we see, everything we know, everything that we have has come from God through our life in Jesus. And when we're thinking about it in the right context, when we're thinking about it in the right frame of mind, when we're thinking about it with a little humility instead of focused on ourselves, we can rightly look at it and say, thank you. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus, for giving me a relationship with God. God, thank you for the gifts and the things you put in my life. God made everything. God gave us everything. Everything that we have is from God. And so the natural response to, to look at those things, you would, you would think it would be to want to give some of that back. You would think that it would be to at least understand and remember that those things are from God. I hid this up here. I thought about putting it on the stage, but I didn't want you guys to see it because I don't trust you. So I had to hide it in a Kroger bag. That's an excellent way to hide something if you ever have to. Um, but obviously, you know, we mentioned that this, this series is, is called Skittles, and so there's naturally got to be a tie-in eventually. So um, I wanted to just give this away today, so there's no gimmick here. Does anybody like Skittles, or does anyone care about Skittles, or want Skittles? Yes? Okay. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and give this to you guys. Go ahead and, and have that. Um, actually, can I have a few, though, just before? you mind cracking it open? I hope it doesn't go everywhere on the floor. That would be super embarrassing. I realize how bad that could be. Yeah, exactly. You'd be like, I hate that guy. Is it, is it cool if I have some? I don't mean to make a demand like that, but... You can have the rest. It's cool. All right, thank you. I just wanted to chew on them. I really like Skittles. So, um, I hope this doesn't affect my speech. I know that you guys have to listen to me while I talk, and that can be awkward if I'm chewing on these. But um, that didn't seem like a big deal, did it? I mean, I just gave you like 400 Skittles, and I asked for 12, right? It wasn't a huge deal. You would think that when we're understanding that, and I'm not comparing myself to God here, I promise, but when, when God makes something, when God gives us something, when he's blessed us with something and let something be a part of our life, you would think that we would understand that it's not a big deal to, to honor that and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to give some of that back to you. I'm going to hold this with an open hand. You could look at that and say, yeah, that, that guy made me open the bag of Skittles and then, and then he took some and now I don't have a whole bag. Or you could say, he gave me 98% of a bag. Wow, I walked in here with no Skittles and I left with a lot. What a great day. You know, there's two ways of looking at that. And you would think if we understand that God has given us everything and everything is from God, everything has come from him, he's blessed us with everything that we have, it wouldn't be a big deal to hold those things with an open hand and say, this belongs to you. If you need some of it back, if I need to honor your gift or your investment in me and give some of this back to you, it's completely okay. In fact, it's, it's how I want to live. We looked a few weeks ago at Luke 22. It says this. You must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your soul, and all of your mind. When we understand the life that we have in Christ, when we understand the love that God has for us, we should give him our lives the same way that Jesus gave his life for us on the cross. It says that we should give God 
all of us. And that means all of us. It doesn't just mean some spare time that you have on the weekend to work with United Way. It doesn't just mean some of your time. It doesn't just mean some of your career. It means all of you. And so it means the platform that God has given you, the relationships that God has given you, the influence that God has given you, the marriage that God has given you, the boyfriend or girlfriend that God has given you, the education that God has given you, the friendships that God has given you, all of you. And I'd be dropping the ball if I didn't circle back in this series and say that all of you includes money. Again, I don't mean to be the the crazy pastor that brings that up, but Jesus said this, that your heart and your finances are tied together. And so you can look at that phrase and simply say this, it's impossible, impossible to give God your heart and not give him your finances. I didn't, I didn't say the sentence, so you can get mad at Jesus if you want to. Don't be mad at Mark, all right? But that's what he said. He said that your heart and your finances are tied together. And so some of us think, well, my finances are kind of not doing so hot right now, and so I'm going to give this to God. I'm going to go help that widow across the street, and then I'm cool for this week, right? No, Jesus said, I want all of you. God said, respond to me with your love. Give me all of yourself, and all of you includes your finances. Psalm 24 says this, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. The world and all of its people belong to him. For he laid the earth's foundation on the seas and built it on the ocean's depths. I wanted today to be a a very foundational day for this series. We're going to talk more in depth about, about giving and people have questions. How does the Old Testament apply to this? How does the New Testament apply to this? What does this mean for my life? What does this mean if I'm unemployed? What does this mean if I'm thinking about getting married and we haven't merged our checkbooks yet? People have all kinds of crazy questions and I want to answer those. I want to, I want to help us understand what this means. But I think before we can even get to those other questions, we have to ask this. God made everything. God gave everything. Everything you have is from God because of what he's done for you. Do you know that? Not, not, oh yeah, I went to Sunday school and when you were reading Genesis, yeah, God made the ocean, that's cool. Do you truly understand and do your actions reflect that every penny in your checking account and your 401k and your 403b and any other account that you can have with numbers and letters and every penny that you have, everything that you have, do you truly understand and reflect that that is from God, that that belongs to God. And if you understand that, what are you doing about it? We're not going to have some, some tearful confession today. We'll have commitments and things that people can do in, in coming weeks, but I, I don't want to ask those things today because I realize this is a heavy topic. We're not going to take up a second or third offering because I already made fun of that, so I'd look pretty bad if we did that, right? But I, but I want you to think about this. At the core of you, does God have all of you? Do you know that he has made everything that you have, including you, including your life, including your relationships? God has given you everything. You're living in a life and a lifestyle that he has financed. And so you need to hold the things he's given you with an open hand. You need to honor him by giving back some of what he's given you. Have you thought about that? Are you living like that? You've heard it said already today, but our vision is to be a a movement of people finding their way back to God. Movement of people finding their way back to God. 
And we would be dropping the ball if we were not finding our way back to God in every area of our lives. That means in marriages and in in broken marriages. That means in relationships that can be restored. That means in the way that we give our time to God, in the way that we pursue community with other people that he has made. And that means in our finances. And so over this series, what it could look like to, to find your way back to God is not just to to somewhere in the back of your mind understand, yeah, God, God made some stuff, God gave me some stuff, I, I try to pray before Christmas because I realize he's a good God. What it would look like to find your way back to God, to honor what he has done for you, it would, it would, it would look like changing the way that you think, changing the way that you act, and, and, and possibly changing the way that you give. Not because, not because I said it, not because I made you feel guilty, or not because I gave you a bag of Skittles and now you owe the church 229, although you do. Um, but you'd be giving back to God. Actually, it'd be like 219 because I ate a few, didn't I? Okay. Um, you'd be giving back to God because you understand what he's done. You understand that he gave his son. You understand that sacrifice. And you want to say, God, my life is yours. Everything I have is yours. I'm completely given to you. And for the first time, I want to hold the things I have with an open hand. My, my savings account, it's yours. My checking account, it's yours. And, and I want to give you back just a, a fraction of what you've given me. When we say an open hand, I realize that can be terrifying because some bully could come up and take all nine of my Skittles right now. And that'd be the worst part of my day, right? It'd be terrible. Please don't do it, Jake. I saw the look on your face. All right. Um, but when we say that we're holding things with an open hand, we're not, we're not saying we're giving these things away or we're, we're going to have to move into a van and we're, we're going to be homeless. We're saying, God, you have everything and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live out of what you've given me here. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put money away for retirement. I'm going to have living expenses. I'm going to do those things. I'm going to live wisely with the money you've given me. But I understand that all of this belongs to you. It's more of a heart issue, more of an attitude issue that evidences itself in the way that we give and the way that we think. So our foundational question for the day as we finish up, does God have all of you? Do, you? do you mentally understand that God made everything, God has given you everything, and that you can be completely given to God in your life and your time, but very specifically in your finances? Because your finances and your heart are tied together, and it is impossible, it is impossible to be given to God, to be focused on God, if your finances and your heart are not given to God and are not focused on God. We're going to learn more about that. We're going to go on in this series. Next week, it'll make a little more sense why we're calling it Skittles. But that's the question for today. So I'm going to go ahead and and pray and invite the band up. And I'd love for us to just keep thinking on that, keep reflecting on that. God, thank you for today. Thank you for the chance to look into your word. Lord, I thank you for everything you've given us. God, you you have given so much Lord, everything we know, everything we see, everything we understand, everything we have. God, for us to think otherwise, for us to think that 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 things belong to us or that we deserve them, Lord, it would it would be selfish. It would be wrong. It would be immature. Lord, often our adult lives represent a third grader who's buying buying Christmas presents with his parents' own money. Lord, often we, we look self-focused and, and look entitled and we don't understand that everything we have is because of you. God, help us to be a church 
Help us to be people. Help us to be individuals. Help us to be families who are given to you. Lord, not out of guilt, not because we're supposed to do a certain thing. Lord, help us to be given to you because it's our response to you giving your son. God, be with us the rest of the day as, as we worship. Lord, help, help, help these songs as we sing them to begin to focus our hearts on being completely and wholly given to you. Lord, I thank you for today. I thank you for your word. Thank you for the chance to be in your presence and the chance to be given to you as a church. It's in your name I pray.